Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. I want to, before we get into um, some of the theories that I'm going to share with you, I wanted to let you know something that happened to me. Yeah, I believe it was day before yesterday. Okay, so remember I was telling you about how they were making my she shack on the, in the backyard, but like on the side of the house. They tore down the gazebo to put me a she shack and it's really cute. It's like a little house. It has windows and it has um, a door in the front and a door on the side of the house and the windows actually open and close and so it's up now and I really like it a lot. So all I have to do now is decorate it on the inside. I put a rug in there and this and that. I'm going to put um, re-diffusers in there, you know, because right now it just smells like what it is. It smells like a shack. So anyways, I have this palm tree that's in a, I call it a bucket. You know, it's in like a big bucket. So... I have a porch in the front of my shack. So I put it on the porch so that when you inside and you look out the window, you can see the palm tree. And you know, it's not really tall. It's maybe about four or five feet tall. And so I, when I put it there, I put a solar light in that, in that uh, bucket. I put a solar light there and stuck it in the dirt so that at night it looks like a little porch light. So that night when it got dark, I looked outside. Oh, yeah, that looks so cute, you know. And then um, I'm going to put one on the other side as soon as I get a chance and I can start getting out there and fixing it up. So the next day I come home and it was already, you know, getting dark And I looked outside and the light wasn't on, but I figured, oh, it's not dark enough, so I'll look later, you know, after I take my shower and all this and that. So it was maybe about 8 p.m., 8.30, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go look, you know, out of my kitchen window, I can see the front of my little shack. And the light wasn't on. Well, you know how solar lights are. It's like sometimes they work when they feel like it and so on. So I just figured, okay, I'll just go out there tomorrow. And, you know, for a minute I wanted to go outside and just pick it up and tap it. You know, sometimes you do that and then they'll come on. But I just felt like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. You know, I just, something told me that it can wait. So in the morning I got up and I opened the kitchen lines and I looked out towards my shack and the light, the solar light that I stuck in there was gone. So I was thinking maybe my husband had to do some work there, whatever. And so maybe he took that light out for whatever reason, who knows? Okay. We do have two dogs. One of them is very destructive. She's so destructive. Her name is Lexi and I call her Lexifer. That's how destructive she is. But this shack has a fence. So the dogs can't get over there to that part of the yard. There's a fence there. So, 
And not only that, but if by some chance she would have got back there, well, she would have tore up the palm tree and there would have been bits and pieces of solar light all over the place because she has eaten solar lights before. So I just figured I'll wait until later, you know, and I'll ask my husband if if he um, took that solar light out. And I made sure that, let me look again, you know, that it wasn't there. Nope, the solar light is gone. So when he gets up and I said, um, hey, did you do anything out there where you took that solar light out of uh, the palm tree? And he was like, no, why, why would I do that? And I was like, I don't know. But I told him, I want you to get your, your um, pistol and go out there because somebody went into my shack. And I didn't have locks on the doors. I mean, it had barely been put up, you know. And he was like, okay, I'll go out there, you know. So he went out there and he went into the shack. And no, there's, you know, nothing, nothing going on. But later on, okay, there's no one in there. And I figured, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to look for that solar light. I just had this feeling like whoever took that solar light took it to go into the shack and look around and see what I had in there. Because I know a lot of people use those little house looking things for storage. And maybe they thought, you know, we had something worth taking. But there was nothing in there but a rug that I had put in there and some patio chairs, you know, until I get furniture for it. So anyways... I went in there and I looked in the shack. There's nothing in there. I walked around. I looked all over the place. There was no solar light. I looked in the plant and the hole was there where the solar light had been, but the whole thing was gone. Not just the top, not just the top and the centerpiece, but the actual light, the center piece, and that pointed piece that sticks into the ground. You know, you've got three pieces when you're talking about those little solar lights. The whole darn thing was gone. It's nowhere. It's not in the backyard anywhere. So I just, you know, it gave me like the the heebie-jeebies because someone went in to my shack. So then I also told him, well... You need to put some locks on both of those doors because I know someone went in there. I just know it. Okay, so yesterday, which was Sunday, I decided, I went to work and then I came home and I was like, you know, maybe whoever went back there got that solar light and tossed it from, you know, that area to like the side of the house, but in the front yard. So I went out there looking around. It's gone. It is absolutely nowhere. So I guess this person just, after they figured that there wasn't anything in that shack worth taking, they just took the solar light. It's a mystery to me, but it also makes me feel a little like violated almost. Somebody going in there to see if there's anything worth taking. That is just, you know, really messed up. But anyways, I have locks on there now. And I've also got locks so that if I'm in there, I can lock it from the inside. Because now I'm like, well, what, you know, 
If somebody can just go in there, and they had to have gone in when it was still daylight. Because my dogs would have barked. So I, whoever went in there went there maybe just as I was getting home from work, maybe when I just gotten home. But it just, you know, it's, it's a strange feeling. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because, you know, a lifetime of strange and weirdness, this is just something else. You know, it's not like a creepy as far as um, spooky kind of creepy, but it is creepy in a way that someone would have their nerve to go into your, into your personal space, into your backyard, you know, climb the fence, whatever. So I just wanted to share that. The other thing that I wanted to tell you about is when I'm in the garage, because I part of that garage, I have like my um, weight bench and I have stuff in there, you know, because I do my workout in there. It's like my, my little gym that's in this one section of the garage because we have uh, flooring in our garage and um, all of this stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty nice. It's not you know, like your typical garage. We have our car, you know, in there and, and cars and motorcycles and stuff. It's a garage, but it's, it's pretty nice. You know, I got TV and all this stuff in there. But anyways, um, you know, the door that leads from your house into the garage, it's, uh, I guess they're called fire doors and they slam. They don't just hang open. You know, you don't have to reach and close the door. They slam shut. Well, our door, when you open it, it makes a sound that is easily recognizable. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's your house. You know what things sound like, just like your car. You know what your, the noises that your car makes. So I was in the garage, and this happened today. I'm in the garage, and I'm in the process of moving my weights around, and I heard that door like someone had opened it a little bit. And so I turned around because I'm home by myself. I'm home by myself until late at night. So I turned around because who knows, maybe, you know, maybe one of my kids came over, whatever, even though they always text me before they stop by. But who knows, maybe I didn't hear it, whatever. And I turned around because you know that feeling you have when there's someone around, you can feel that presence. Well, that's what I felt. And the door was not even ajar. The door was totally closed, just like it had been. But I'm telling you, I did hear the thing open. I know that sound. And, um, well, that's, that's all that happened. But, um, you know, I just chalk it up to just uh, a typical day for me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if, if something doesn't happen at least, what, once every other day or something, well, then something's wrong. So just wanted to share that with you. That was a little, um, I guess, kind of creepy, you know, because it actually made me turn around because I know what I heard. But, and then I just went on with my business, you know, and that's that. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about theory. First of all, I've 
been getting some emails from some of the listeners asking me who I listen to, what podcast do I listen to, and so on. Well, most of the podcasts that I listen to are not paranormal and um, anything, any kind of creepy stuff. I used to listen to um, like Coast to Coast. I used to listen to, well, the old shows that Art Bell did when he was on Coast to Coast because I really, really believe that he is one of the greatest interviewers ever. Art Bell is just one of a kind, and I can listen to his interviews over and over again. He was just so good and just so awesome at what he did. So after listening to someone like Art Bell and then going and listening to some of these other people, I just, you know, there was just so much missing. And the stories, the paranormal stories that I get, I get from people that I know. I get from my own self, my experiences, and from listener submissions. I don't listen to paranormal podcasts. What I used to listen to, this is a few years ago, and I don't even know how I found this, but there used to be this woman, and her name was uh, Mary Forty. I used to listen to her on YouTube. And sometimes I thought, you know, she's just kind of like out there and the things that she says. But she was entertaining, and she just had this way of getting my attention. And so I would look forward to the things that she would talk about. They weren't creepy. They were more um, theory. And some of the stuff was just unbelievable. Then, you know, she was suspended. They suspended her. And then she was off for like a couple months. And then she came back. And the last time she came back, she was saying that she was going to shut it all down. And that um, the reason she was doing it is because she didn't just come out and say it. But she said in um, other words that she was beginning to fear for her life. I think she had been threatened. Um, I don't even know if you could even find her anymore on YouTube. I haven't even looked. But that is who I used to listen to mostly. These days, I'm lis- I listen like to Monkey Works, you know, and uh, just some things like that. Not because... I necessarily believe everything that these people say. But once in a while, you know, when you're interested in theory, which I am, you hear some certain things that, oh, okay, I want to look further into this. You know, when they start talking about politics and this and that, I really don't want to do that type of um, theory. You know, it's, I'm just not a political person. 
So um, I look for other things. Such, oh, and the other person I listen to sometimes is um, Dane Wigington. Okay, he does geoengineering watch. And you can find him on YouTube. And he talks all about how the our skies are being poisoned, you know, with all the spraying and all the chemicals and the weather manipulation and things like that. He's also very good. I like listening to him. But um, it's sometimes gets to the point where if you listen to him every week, it's almost like a repeat. So I listen to him maybe once a month, things like that. Because there's, I mean, there's only so much you can say about the, you know, what's happening as far as the geoengineering and terraforming, whatever you want to call it. So those are like the things that I listen to. Not, I don't listen to uh, spooky. Although I do once in a while watch some on TV. Like I watched the thing about Anna Lorraine Warren, that documentary that was on TV. It was kind of interesting, but you know, anything that you see on TV is going to be watered down for the most part. So I think I actually knew more about them than what I saw on that show. And um, once in a while, I will watch Paranormal Witness because sometimes that show is pretty crazy. And I, I like that. You know, it makes me want to look into some of the things they talk about and uh, check it out. So that's what I do. Okay, so I have um, a couple of things to talk about as far as theory, all right? So most of you have heard about all the snow that has fallen in these different states and maybe even here, some in California, and it shows people. There was this one guy, I think he was in Chicago, and he gets the snow and he balls it up and makes it into like a tight little snowball, and then he puts a, a lighter under it to melt the snow, and the snow doesn't melt. It doesn't drip and start melting in his hand. It starts actually smoking and turning black. So there are many people now who are doing this experiment. And they're like, what the heck? How come this snow is it? You know, what is this? Fake snow? What? How come it's, it's burning? It's smoking. And yeah, turning black. So what that is, and you know, this is really a trip because what that says to me is that there are polymers in that snow, which is like, plastic, you know, like there's some kind of plastic substance mixed into that snow. And you wouldn't know it unless you did an experiment like that, trying to melt it, trying to burn it. But I also know someone who lives in Texas who said that, um, you know, when they were all snowed in and they couldn't go anywhere and this and that, and their water was turned off, they didn't have any water, that she was um, getting some snow from her yard to boil it and then put it like in the toilet tank so that they could still use it, you know, and, and flush it and stuff and just to rinse certain things out. And she said the snow wasn't melting. Like part of it would melt, but part of that snowball would just like and she would stir it around and around, and the snow wouldn't melt 100%. So, 
there are other things mixed in with this snow. I don't know if um, that happens as the snow is coming down and mixing with whatever they have sprayed the skies with, or if this has just been like tampered with and what they call it like um, nucleation or something like that. And so it's not really snow at all. But if you don't know about this, if you haven't heard about this, it's all over the place. You can find it really easily. Now, what would be the purpose? Why would any agency want to create this, you know, this fake department store snow? That's where the theory comes in. So is it because that is just part of the manipulation? That is just part, you know, oh, well, we have to do this because we have to create this snow because we have to teach these people a lesson or what have you. You know, it always, to me, goes back to what I've been hearing about for so many years about depopulation and how there is definitely a depopulation program going on. And if you don't believe that, you can go and read the Georgia Guidestones. It's all right there, carved in stone. So that's the only thing I can think of. But I want to tell you guys something else, man. When you're out there skiing or snowboarding, don't eat the dang snow, okay? Because it seems like... There are, I don't know what the percentage is, but it seems to me like a pretty good percentage of that snow is um, synthetic. And I mean, it's right there. You can do your own test. Anyone who lives out there, you know, or, you know, there's snow around where you live, you can test it for yourself. See if it burns or see if it melts. All right. There's another theory. And this one I just recently heard about, you know, there's so much theory actually There's more of that than even creepy stories. There is just so much. And they, a lot of these theories, they talk about weaponization. And when you're using words like that, it doesn't always mean that it's a lethal weapon. You know, meant to just kill you just right there on the spot. You know, there are other things that weapons are for. They're to incapacitate you. They're to maybe make you move, make you freeze. You know, there are all different kinds. Uh, Make you hear things or think you hear things, you know, in your head and and so on. So on this uh, particular theory, it's about these new energy-efficient windows. Yes, come to find out, anything can be weaponized. And when you think about windows, you're thinking, okay, what? how can you weaponize a window? Well, this is how. The story goes that at some point, everyone, in at least in California is going to have to upgrade their house. They are going to have to put new weather stripping, new 
like um, some sort of ceilings, new, I mean, just you're going to have to do certain things to your house that's going to cost a pretty fair amount of money. And the is and insulation, you know, all this stuff. You're going to have to um, upgrade. So they are going to. I don't know how when this is going to happen. I, I as far as I've heard, it's happening right now up in northern California, certain areas, the the burn areas of 2017. A lot of those places are now having to upgrade and when they build the new houses they're going to have to have all of these energy efficient type of things that's one of the reasons why the price of houses in California is so high because of all this and that that the builders have to do to these houses okay so the windows now there are these energy efficient windows that it is being said in the summer or whenever, when it gets really hot, these windows are going to act like a type of magnifying glass. You remember how you can get that magnifying glass and you can start a fire, you know, you put that little dot on leaves and stuff and it'll start a fire. Well, they're saying that these windows do that type of thing. So what happened, and it already has happened, apparently, that you, um, there was one house, okay, they had those new efficient windows in, and their neighbor's backyard caught on fire, and then the fence caught on fire, then the house caught on fire. This was in a new neighborhood. So this house that caught on fire was a model home, okay? It wasn't occupied. So by the time the fire department got there, so much of the house had been burned and they couldn't figure out what had started the fire. It was like, okay, well, cause of fire is unknown. Until when they came and started, you know, now the builder had to replace certain things and this and that. Well, they noticed like round burn marks on part of the fence and on certain other areas. So they came to conclude that the windows did it. The windows actually started the fire. Now that doesn't change anything, okay? They... They're not saying, oh, well, these windows are dangerous and we're not going to be able to use them, so we just have to go back to the regular window. No, they're not doing that. They're continuing to use those windows. Being that this is theory, I don't know if it's actually going to happen like all through the state or maybe they will get rid of those windows. I don't know. It's, um, you know, it's one of those things that we just have to wait and see. But why? See, that's where the, the whole thing comes in for me. Why now? Who would benefit and what would the benefit be to put these windows? 
you know, you know they're going to start fires. Why would you do that? The only thing that I have heard that makes a little bit of sense is that at some point, the whoever, you know, calls the shots, whoever is in control of this place wants people to um, not own anything. People will no longer own houses. They will no longer own, you know, um, things like that. I don't know about cars, but I know that. They are trying to discourage home ownership. But why are they building all these houses all over the place? A lot of those places have already been paid for. Just because they haven't started building yet or whatever, they, they, they could have bought that and had those plans since like 2010. So a lot of that has already been paid for. And also, they're going to like not discourage home ownership across the board, but for certain people. They're, they're not going to own houses anymore. And this is a really, when you want to talk about theory, this is a very big theory because I've been hearing about this for at least two years about the whole, um, you know, people aren't going to own anything anymore and so on. They want to get everybody all grouped together in these little communities where you live in this, like, for example, you live in a cul-de-sac and the market is there that you go to to get your food and the clothing store is there, but you don't even need a clothing store because you've got Amazon, you know, and so on, but you're just going to be in your little area. And that's also why the whole electric car thing is being pushed right now also because you cannot go as far in an electric vehicle as you can in a gas vehicle. That's just how it is. So, you know, your your uh, transportation, your ability to go anywhere will be limited. Okay? I'm not talking about this like this is my belief. I'm telling you about theoretically. That's what is being said. Maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. It's another one of those things that we have to wait and see to, because it's anyone's guess. Do I believe it? I don't know. I really don't know because I'm going to tell you that the, the oil industry and the, they are not in there to lose money. So I don't know. Maybe it's going to be a 50-50 type of thing. Maybe a certain sections of the country or whatever will be like, okay, well, you're going to have to be on the electric, you know, vehicle because of this and that. I really don't know, but it will decrease your mileage, your ability to say, for example, you know, you can get in your gas car. Like I can get in my car and I could go to, huh, where did we go? We went to almost, we went almost all the way to El Paso 
in on one tank of gas. And um, they're also saying that in Northern California, why does this stuff always happen in Northern California? It must be crazy up there. But they're also saying that there is a moratorium on the building of gas stations now in Northern California. And part of that reasoning is because, you know, they're up there pushing the electric vehicles. Well, I guess that would make sense. But I know that in uh, Temecula, there's no moratorium on gas stations because it's like they're building new gas stations everywhere. There's one on every corner in Temecula. So maybe um, Northern California would be that region where they would maybe have more electric vehicles. The Bay Area, you know, the Sacramento area, places like that. Who knows? See, it's all theory. It could just be nothing. It could be like, oh, well, there's a moratorium because, you know, we've got enough gas stations right now or whatever. I think that there should actually be a moratorium on house being built in the area where I'm at. I mean, they're just packed with houses and there are no jobs. They could be putting like something else in there because if you don't have any jobs, who's going to buy the houses? But all of this remains to be seen. I just want to share that with you. And, you know, if you're interested in it, if you want to look at those windows and if it's really true, and that's the thing. How do we know if it's true? Really? It's so difficult to find anything that's true. You know, people say, oh, it's been debunked. It's been this, it's been that. No, it hasn't. Just like that Madness in the Fast Lane video. How do you explain that? I mean, was that wild or what? How you get hit? What, did she get hit by a truck? And she gets up and keeps on running? And then fights the paramedics off? Come on. I don't know. But anyways, um, that's really what I've got for today. I won't be back until Friday and that gives me more time to look around at stuff. I have a big one coming up so I have to really gather my notes before I present it to you guys because I don't just want to give you a little shoddy piece of you know this and that and um, you know it's just uh, I'm just putting just bogus information out there because you guys don't deserve that. You guys deserve to hear the details of what I'm putting together. Okay? And um, there is anything that you want to hear about, anything that you have heard about and you're kind of interested in it and, you know, want me to dig around and see what I can find, you know you can contact me, maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. And I really like hearing from you guys, okay? I um, appreciate it, and I appreciate you taking out the time to come and join me, and I appreciate the time that you take to email me and everything, all right? So I'll see you guys on Friday, okay? Ciao.